1: Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs England daily podcast, by the fans, for the fans. We're at Kohli's India, with Rohit Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan, and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England, with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes,
0: Stuart Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour, good luck to both sides, may the best team win.
1: Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Test Daily Podcast. I'm James Butler, the Cricket Badger. I've actually had a little bit of a weekend off because we've pre-recorded Saturday and Sundays, but back into the action. Looking forward to Thursday's fourth test in Ahmedabad with India going into that with a 2-1 lead at the moment. Um, England looking to bounce back. India looking to cement their passage through to the World Chess Championship final. They need a draw or better in Ahmedabad for the fourth Test match to go and face New Zealand at Lords in the summer to come. I'm joined today by two Indian fans, Naman Shah and Neil Varani. Neil, good to have you back on and a new week ahead of us. Looking ahead to the the fourth Test match, Neil, India, I mean, I, I put on Twitter the other day, there might be a temptation with India to create a road for the fourth test match. They only need a draw or better. If they create a road, then I'd still think they go in as favourites to win the test match because they are the better of the two teams in their own conditions. But it also gives them the safety net of the draw as well. How, how do you see that?
2: I think it's um, it's a possibility to go defensive during the match. I think Virat would see it as a sign of weakness to look to lock in the World Test Championship position and give up the greater possibility of a win to ensure a draw is the sort of thing that he's railed against, which used to happen during the Dhoni era. So I think he'll only be thinking about a win. And, you know, if things go against us during the match, then it's permissible to say, all right, we go for a draw now because the win's out of the question, but not not ahead of time.
1: The, the only thing that's making me go down that route and put myself in the Indian camp is that if they create a pitch that's similar to the third test match, it kind of levels the playing field a little bit. Bit I don't want to see another two-day test match, but that's you know if it's a similar kind of situation, then a Jack Leach start and a Joe Root start to look like a an Ashwin and an Axar Patel when really an Ashwin and an Axar Patel are probably two best spinners on on show, and it does give England a little bit more of a chance if you ask me.
2: There is that I've done uh, a lot of listening to podcasts and reading articles, and also what the players have said specifically is seems to be that the additional lacquer that was added that gets added to a pink ball to stop it just falling to pieces, made it skid on a lot, which is why there were so many
1: so many wickets and such a quick test match. We talked about that a little bit in the previews for the third test, didn't we? In in that additional lacquer, it just makes the, I mean, we we talked about it hitting the hands harder in the field, hitting the bat a bit harder because probably a little bit heavier, if anything, that sort of same kind of weight in the ball made it skid on. And, you know, all that talk about so many straight balls getting wickets, that, that was the reason really, wasn't it?
2: Very much so, I think.
1: I think there's a conversation
2: to be had as to why it was a really good thing for a pink ball to be swinging massively, which we have seen in Australia in the past, and also in India when um, we played Bangladesh in a pink ball test. Um, and that was fine, but the fact that it skidded on was such an issue. But I think that with a red ball and the same pitch conditions, I I think it would have been maybe a three-day, maybe a four-day test. I don't think it would have been anywhere near as fast there. So. I think it's still going to be a spinning pitch because Joe Roots aside, and possibly you can throw in Crawley and folks who have more extensive um, experience against the spinning ball from their stints in Mumbai and Sri Lanka, respectively, spin looks to be um, a real problem for this England team and there are some young players with a complete lack of experience in
1: playing it. You see, you you say that as if that's something new but it's not, yeah, for England fans watching teams go to the subcontinent for for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, it's always been an issue at times. England have never played spin very well and the fact that it's a a new thing to a lot of people, I didn't quite get that because it was always going to be a tough tour this one for England. Um, The pink ball though, if we stick with that, I mean, the MCC have put a lot of effort into the pink ball, trying to scientifically get it ready and get it right and make it replicate the, the red ball as, as close as they possibly can. It's obviously got to be pink or some kind of variation of that sort of shade because you transfer from daylight to nighttime. So it can't be white, it can't be red, it's got to be somewhere in between. But they haven't quite got it right yet, have they? No,
2: we're seeing very short tests wherever we go. I think Australia have played it the most. It makes for a... well. What I consider a unusual way of playing in that you see absolute aggression from the likes of Warner in the first two sessions, with the knowledge that everything could um, could change in the game with you know five six wickets when it starts going around corners in the evening session. So it's it's a very different game. I don't think we can judge them to the same standards. That we do um, a normal Red Bull test match because it's, not, it's no longer a case of see out the first first hour, the first 20 overs while the Red Bull's doing a lot. The first two sessions, you want to go after it because uh, come the evening of the second new ball, then you're really going to have issues and you want as many runs on the board um, as possible. However, how long the games are going on, they all seem to be short games, either due to excessive swing or the first time we've seen on a spinning pitch, um, ball just shooting through very quickly.
1: Without a huge amount of turn. Yeah, I mean, now, bring you in on this one. The, the pink ball test matches that we have seen. I think it was, is it fifteen or sixteen we've seen now. We haven't yet seen a, a, anything other than a positive result for one team or another. No draws in those pink ball games yet. And yeah, you know, it obviously did add a, an element of um, uncertainty to that third test match we saw in Ahmedabad as well. And what, one of the things we have seen as well in a lot of pink ball games, they've played a, a kind of around a, a two-in county cricket in pink ball. We've seen the test matches being played. Some very strange declarations as well because you know in certain on certain grounds that that pink ball is going to start doing something at a certain time of day if your eight wickets down you might as well declare get the other team in and take five of their top order because that's the way the pink ball goes it seems to be a bit more of a lottery now man depending on where you are in the game when those moments of madness hit can dictate who wins it
3: yes spot on James and also what we have seen with the pink ball is uh, no but no team is into the game right from ball one Anytime the game changes even within a Within an hour of a session or something, all of a sudden the ball starts swinging so much that the batsmen are surprised and then we are jumping onto the talent of the batsmen that they are not able to play it well. We saw what India did in Australia, all of a sudden it was just bang, bang and 36 all out. Over here also we are seeing that not only England, India, even India are not able to cope up with the pink ball because we have played it on such turning because we have played it first time and we are... All surprised that ping ball also is turning so much. Yes, we have seen it swinging in daylight and uh, when the lights are on also it is doing. And also like scrutiny needs to be done with this ping ball as Neil mentioned it correctly. That we have not yet achieved what we wanted to with such day-night test matches. So... Uh, Yes, and uh, surprisingly, all the test matches have uh, test matches of pink ball have produced results. So uh, sometime ICC and everyone and all the also cricket experts needs to intervene over here and put a bit more spotlight on pink ball, I feel.
1: Do we need to have a pink ball? Uh, I mean, if you actually look at the um, Ahmedabad test, there was maybe half an hour of twilight. Why don't we just make tea, go across that half an hour and come out with a white ball in the evening session?
3: (laughs) I totally I am against uh, this ping ball test I don't think so we are getting anywhere because the red ball cricket we are not getting so much of draw test matches what we used to go see it earlier uh, 500 and 600 each team scoring and every each player uh, used to have a good defensive skills right now Already the players are playing so much of white ball cricket, so they are lagging a bit technique over there. So I feel we are already getting good results in red ball cricket. The match is going up to four days and five days, and every team having a chance, and also if we if we see overall all the teams are good at their home but uh, uh, they find it difficult to uh, win away from the of, the, of their home because uh, right now all the teams are good at home because uh, they know their conditions well but we feel like an achievement right now even if we win in the uh, countries like Bangladesh or maybe teams who, who are not that well so i feel uh, we are not going anywhere with the pink ball we just need to use this red ball cricket uh, nicely the only factor I feel what ball is doing right now is getting the crowds in after their office hours uh, in weekdays only I'm seeing only that positive what ICC always wanted the crowd to be pulled into the and, and that, that's
1: that's quite a big positive now man isn't it because you know anybody that has been to live sports it's lovely to sit out in the sunshine and what have you but it's just something a little bit different a little bit special you feel a bit closer to the action as well I think when the when the Sort of night falls and the floodlights come on there's a different kind of feel to the grounds, and that's quite nice in the test match now and again.
3: Yes the feeling is nice but I don't think so that what the perception has been created related to test cricket that crowds are not coming in towards this test match Is you saw what uh, if the crowds are allowed right now I don't think so this 1 lakh capacity ground is going to be empty not even a single seat. we see test matches between England and Australia and New Zealand India all the grounds are going full so I don't think so. This factor is much need to be considered uh, because yes, if we are do considering it, then we need to be more thorough on what pingball is going and how these uh, pingball tests are more designed and how the players are feeling right now. We need uh, good feedback from every country, uh, especially from England, New Zealand, India. All the top guns, Australia. They need to put in feedback, and then maybe we can choose a path from how to go on with the ping ball in the near future.
1: Blackratcricket.com, handmade English willow bats. They do have a cashmere range of bats, 0 to 4 starter kit all the way to pro level kits. They're based in Yorkshire. There is wear available, and there is a new signature range coming soon in February. Bats made by cricketers for cricketers. Make 2021 count with Black Rat Cricket. Neil with the pink ball. As I say, I mean, the, the main advantage of that is to go across tea time and into the evening. And as, as Naman said, to allow crowds to come in for the evening session, etc. But at the moment, we haven't got hardly any crowds anyway, have we? I mean, I know there was 50 odd thousand in the in Armander, but it's still half full because only 50% could come in. So do we actually need pink ball cricket during COVID?
2: It's kind of hard to say, James, um, because this period of um, COVID and various lockdowns across the world, we are hoping that it's going to be temporary, uh, that the vaccines across the world will get distributed and we can get back to the lifestyle that we knew before. And, you know, outside of England and India and to a certain extent, Australia, crowd attendance has been a problem. I mean, we have five days of tests. Only two of those days are going to be weekends. You're going to be lucky in in some places to to be able to get a decent crowd and the pink ball does allow that and gate receipts for at least one session i i don't want to be too quick to judge i think the the gate receipts are the main driver before pink ball but there is a, a lot of adjustments um especially for the players with the ball acting differently that they need to Um, adjust their game before we can see the kind of returns and the consistent quality that we do in the Red Bull that people have been playing with for 130 years now. I'd say um, some patience is necessary if we judge pink ball tests at this stage by Red Bull standards then we do the players and the ball itself a disservice.
1: Does one size fit all, though, in terms of world cricket? Because every country is different. Every country's got different daylight hours, different conditions of pitches, different moods in terms of how many people want to come and watch five-day cricket. I mean, in England, you know, I used to work at Headingley across the test matches and they always used to hate it. If a test match was announced to be sort of Friday through to Tuesday, much better to have Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to sell your tickets because you'd sell out your hospitality suites because people want a day off work. That's part of the draw of the hospitality—you get a day off work and you can go and get a, go and get a jolly. You know, there's different kind of dynamics. You, you probably don't get that in India in the same way. And pink ball is quite specific in in its role. It might work in some places and not others, Neil.
2: It's not necessary from a gate receipts perspective in England which in itself can be an issue. I mean, I'm looking at ticket prices um, for India touring this summer on the basis that we're gonna get a chance to get crowds in. I'm from the north, but living down in London, and Lord's prices for days one to three are absolutely ridiculous
1: there's, because there's, they're, they they're, they're more than ridiculous, they're scandalous.
2: My brother also, you know, from Manchester, loves cricket, living down in London. He's worked out it's cheaper for him to book the train ahead um up to Headingley, yeah. watch there in a beautiful new stand. And then travel back down and it'll be cheaper than uh, just going to Lourdes.
1: If you're a man-wife with two or three kids going to Lourdes or trying to get to Lourdes, you could probably get to France for a week on, on you know, for a holiday or, or somewhere for a holiday for the price of one day at the Test match there. It's just ridiculous.
2: Absolutely. I, I've been to Lourdes twice. Um, the last two India tours, and I've only gone on day four, um, I've been lucky that I've got some really exciting cricket there. But the price of the ticket drops to 30% of what it is back to non-London prices. it's uh, It gets absolutely stupid there. I'm not sure how bad it, It can be in India. Um, I imagine Australia, um, the MCG has such demand that they're able to ratchet up the prices as well, uh, despite having four times the capacity. But London is a a weird one where they've got so much demand and it's going to get filled anyway that they can charge what they want. And gate receipts um, aren't going to be an issue due to people working because even despite working days, they'll get a full Mm -hmm. crowd
1: crickets a game played with balls you've got to look after them in the field badges are furry creatures my friends at Manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there oh get rid of all that excess fur make sure that you're neat and tidy make sure everything's in the right order oh feeling all good now down in this set oh Manscaped.com Now, man. in terms of watching test matches in India, I've never been, unfortunately. It's something I want to do. But if, for sake of argument, you wanted to go and attend two days of the Ahmedabad test match, fourth test match, how much would a ticket be, roughly, for that, that game?
3: Yeah, it would be merely in dollars, I would say. It would not cost more than 3 to $4. price of the tickets vary because uh, there are layers in the stadium. So right from top to bottom, the... Costing is different uh, depending on which stand uh, stand are you choosing and how is your view towards uh, the players playing. So it's not that the cost is... Uh- constant uh, so I would uh, say the minimum cost for uh, which everyone could afford right now should be around uh, four dollars it starts from wow
1: <laughs> that is quite days. that that is amazing because um the, the tickets Neil's referring to at Lords um for one of the stands there I think it's 160 pounds or something in that region for a, a day at the cricket for an adult and you're talking about that's the d-
2: standard ticket as well Yeah. Uh, Not a special hospitality one that is. Uh, oh, that's... one adult in the, in the Edridge stand
1: and Naman's talking about four, four dollars for admission to the biggest cricket stadium in the world there, there must be Naman some kind of government subsidy or something for that stand, stadium because yeah, well, albeit having 110,000 and they're paying four dollars still gets you a lot of money that would have taken a lot of money to build that, that stadium there there must have been a little bit of subsidy or some help because the ticket prices surely aren't recouping that money so
3: uh, to be honest it's nothing related to subsidy I have watched uh, India England Test match way back in 2016 in Bankade. I had uh, gotten for that match for all the five days. It lasted for five days, and uh, uh, it was the prices were same. Uh, it's the idea behind this is like uh, every one should be invited to watch this uh, Test match cricket because uh, no uh, looking at India and uh, maybe every country has the la- layers of uh, everyone. Some are rich and some are middle class and some can afford so the idea behind this this is to invite everyone uh, no matter who they are and the prizes are segregated accordingly we can have from $4 right from $1000 depending on the view which you are getting uh, towards the ground and hospitality and uh, including the lunch and including the tea we have different packages also but, but, but the the, the, the,
1: is... the question stem though Naman from the fact that it, it, it's suggested that it's cost about 110 million dollars to build or to refurbish and rebuild that stadium a four dollar ticket and even a 500 you know, they need a lot of tickets to be sold to recoup that money so where, where is it supposed to be paying for itself How how is the financial model for that stadium
3: but uh, that's a per day ticket right Right then, every stand wouldn't cost uh, that four dollars. So, the, if you are seeing the ground pull, uh, the costing are differing uh, for every stand and every seat. So, the basic cost, uh, which is the four dollar, but it is only going to increase from there. But uh, yes, uh, rightly you have mentioned uh, the our summer starts from now on. So, we have the IPL to follow on and good ODI series, T20 series, and also the even the crowds are now pulled in for ranji trophies which are which is a domestic season also vijay hazar which is going on right now so it's not that uh, it is only related to the international cricket now the people are also going for the domestic cricket that merely cost around 1 to 2 dollars <laughs> but yeah. yes people go and watch it but uh, what I have seen is uh, people tend to buy the season ticket. Uh, sadly, the rest of the days, people weren't uh, able to go to the ground. Uh, but uh, yes, I feel the bottom line over here is to invite everyone to watch test cricket right from uh, down to uh, the up, uh, whoever can afford it.
1: Uh, Neil, you talk about getting the train from London to Headingley to watch the test match because it's cheaper. You might as well get the free, probably, <laughs> probably more cost effective to fly to Armandabad, isn't it? And pay $4. Uh,
2: absolutely. I, I think what the BCCI and uh, the Indian um, state boards are doing as far as the ticket prices works very well for that specific Indian audience. They're not pricing um, anyone out of being able to go and see the cricket, which um, possibly you'd say that Lords are other grounds around the country, I think are a lot more reasonable. Um, But I think also the demographics and how the income streams work are different. Given the vast area that um, India covers, you'd imagine that the television rights are the majority of um, the income for the various states, rather than um, over here in the UK, where a lack of competition for those rights. No one is challenging Sky for the rights to put on the county championship, so Sky have put on an amazing product but aren't being forced to um, up their the amount they pay by um, competing broadcasters. With uh, the BCCI, we've seen just with the IPL, you've had Vivo, you've had, sorry, Vivo, the sponsors, you've had um, Star and other um companies battling it out and the broadcast rights for the IPL have become something ridiculous, sort of almost Premier League standards. You don't have that competition so that TV rights don't matter as much as the gate receipts in the UK, which is why lords end up charging huge amounts.
1: Uh, I think the Sky money makes a massive difference in the UK. And I would imagine if you had somebody from Sky on, they'd say they're paying a lot of money at the moment. I oh, know no, Yeah, you know, Comparatively I, I speaking. I think
2: they're brilliant, but they, they would have to pay even more if um, an Amazon or Netflix or uh, BT were coming in and competing with them for that that coverage. I will defend Sky to the hill because I think the money that they've put into English cricket has helped pay for central contracts, which have led to a much better English team and have meant the players on breaking down through being overplayed. Jimmy Anderson could never still be playing if he starts to play for Lancashire as well. And they've kept the county championship going. And as much as you end up with a restricted audience and I'm very much in favor of some free to air, I don't think you can have a go at Sky for the quality of the output that um, they put because I think they've been excellent where they could have got away with putting out a less product.
1: Let's finish off with something a little bit more frivolous. On the uh, cricketbadgerpod.com website this morning, I did a little article called It's the Little Things That Linger. And it was because of a picture I saw on Twitter um, where a young lad... Uh, was uh, pictured with Marnus Labashain and Marnus Labashain playing great cricket over the last few days and this little lad's got his little sun hat on his arm around Marnus Labashain with the biggest biggest smile and look of glee on his face yeah money cannot buy that kind of happiness and it just made me think Neil about when I was a kid and I first went to cricket and I was collecting autographs and I was trying to get you know if, if a player looked at me and smiled it was like way I'm just it's amazing and it's th- those little things i think when you're a kid that stay with you and it's the reason why players need to remember who they are and what their responsibilities to the game are because just that little arm around the shoulder from manas labashane to that kid is going to make him fall in love with cricket for the rest of his life have you got any memories of when you were a little little Virani running around and who maybe inspired you and did you actually meet anybody that uh, did a manas labashane on you
2: on the cricket side it wasn't as much i remember Brian Robson coming to an awards ceremony um, when I was very young and that stayed with me. But I do remember in 96, Mike Atherton had gone to my school and the sports new sports hall got named after him and he came back to the opening. And um, I saw him there and he spoke and it was excellent. And then that evening I was battling with CFAX for the World Cup fantasy cricket, trying to transfer him into my team, uh, which <laughs> took about half an hour. The only other player that I can remember meeting was um, probably about five or six years ago when um, I moved down to London. I went to the Oval to watch The Blast and was fairly tipsy and got a picture taken with Saffron Ansari halfway through. He was a lovely guy, um, but then met me and is no longer playing the game, so um, I hope that I had nothing to do with that.
1: If you're listening, Zaffar, I can totally understand where you're coming from. <laughs> the um, th- there are there is the flip side to the positive impact you can have on a youngster. I, I can remember queuing a long, long time for somebody that was very big at the time, and I was queuing. And there was a little lad behind me that had been there all the way through as we got a little bit closer and a little bit closer. I got my autograph, said thank you very much and walked off. The lad behind me, who had been behind me all the way through in the queue, got sworn at by this gentleman who I won't name on this podcast um, and burst into tears because he had been accused of jumping the queue and not being there. And that little lad is going to have totally the opposite memories of uh, that Particular gentleman has probably been turned off cricket for life as a result of that. Now, man, in terms of you, you were telling me before we press record that you've not actually met um, a hero or anything like that. But just, I mean, in India, India, India is different, isn't it? I I was at Lords for the tsunami game after the Sri Lankan tragedies, and they had uh, an all-star team, World Eleven, playing the MCC all-star eleven at Lords, and I went along to watch that. and Sachin Tendulkar was playing that day and i was collecting autographs and i tried to get hang around and i got a few this massive indian um crowd were outside the back of the the lord's pavilion waiting for Sachin to come out and they, they ended up having to take him across the flyover there was a there's a kind of like a walkway over the um the entrance that goes out to an outbuilding and i think he'd been smuggled over there and out, out in the car so that Indian crowd's probably still there at Lord's waiting for him because he never came out of that door but they wanted to be able to say that they they've been within 6 yards of Sachin Tendulkar or they touched him or they got a photograph of him just got close to him that's that's the way the Indians fe- think isn't it
3: very much James and if you wouldn't have brought his topic up i was about to say his name itself because looking at him we are, to be honest we are from the 90s kids and we have lived his dream, along with him, along with chanting his name, and to be honest, whenever he gets out, the TV sets used to go off. And he has a big role to play for the cricket being so much famous and crowd loving so much of cricket and people, uh, kids taking cricket as their own career. He has a lot. He has done a lot for the country, and he was the whole stole of India. No matter only in India or wherever in the world uh, he used to travel, uh, he took this. Uh, Laura of uh, cricket, and along with him, and uh, people just got mad after him. And being a Mumbai girl, I am from Mumbai, so uh, we already have so much love for him, and not only on uh, in the cricket field or even off the cricket field, him, uh, Rahul Ravid, the likes of. Lakshman they have been so down to earth and grounded like uh, even if 10% we opt what they do in their real life uh, we could learn so much so they are the base of the Indian cricket what they have created and done so much for India so yes not only me everyone has him as a role model so even in Australia I have seen two glimpses like I have never met Sachin Tindulkar but I have always seen like 10 years back I used to travel uh, via train from my organization and used to come back home, it was around about one and a half uh, hours of travel and uh, Shardul Thakur always used to sit in front of me, but I never recognized him uh, during that time and right now him uh, uh, getting success and doing so well in Australia it was like, uh, yes, I have seen him struggle with all those muddy clothes uh, in on Indian grounds, grounds. and uh, competition amongst uh, is so heavy in uh, India and uh, seeing him, what he is right now is uh, I used to live those days again and I think of him like, okay, dreams do come true and this is a learning for everyone. So it's day in, day out. Yes, uh, cricket plays a lot uh, much important role and uh, we live, uh, eat, sleep and uh, drink cricket every day. So it it is a part of our lives in India.
1: I'll tell you what, Naman, I, I can make you very jealous because I've I've shaken Sachin Tendulkar's hand twice and had a two minute conversation <laughs> with him. Yeah, yeah, I, I've still not washed that hand um, because uh, <laughs> even though I was significantly older by that stage than the uh, the young lad in the picture with Manus Labuschagne, it's still uh, it's still quite a thrill to meet your heroes, even when you get Maybe to a uh,
3: yeah come true. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he's terrific. I think. I mean, we're very lucky in cricket. The cricketers, generally speaking, are really good guys. Yeah, Manus Labuschagne Australian, and obviously when England comes up against Australia. I'll be hoping he gets out for, for significant numbers of ducks but it's good to see him with his arm around that little kid and there's, that's happening all over the world and you just get inspired by that and that little kid maybe goes on and plays for Australia and uh, that picture will be all over the TVs at the time but he's going to have a, a love of cricket gained from getting close up close and personal with one of the best batsmen in Test cricket at the moment. And um, been a pleasure to have Neil and Naman on the Cricket Badger podcast today. Time is ticking on this Indian series. We're nearly at the fourth final test match but we'll be with you through the white ball stuff as well on the daily podcasts but i've been james butler i am the cricket badger and i'll be back with you again tomorrow i'll see you then
0: thanks for listening we will be back every day during england's tour of india get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on twitter we hope you are enjoying the cricket see you again tomorrow Podcast Network.